Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Welcome back to the show. If you're just joining us for the first time on a beautiful Melbourne day, wherever you're listening right around the country, it's Julian DeStoop sitting in for Dwayne Russell. Going to get to Tommy Wren in Adelaide in a sec. Also this hour, Lamont Lawal, a potential draftee, part of the Western Bulldogs Next Generation Academy. Most experts believe he won't get to the Dogs. He'll be picked up in the top 40, which means the Dogs won't be able to match the bid. Jamie McLaren, Socceroos and Melbourne City striker and young Melbourne United star Flynn Cameron all coming up on the show. We might do some upside downside as well for the Demons after what's been a big few weeks for Melbourne looking ahead to season 2024. But plenty going on in Adelaide in South Australia. There's only one man to talk to. Corey Norris wasn't available, so we've called Tom Wren. G'day, Tom. <laughs> oh, old Chuck, he's a bit busy. He's working on the biceps at the moment, Jules. So, um, <laughs> yeah, we've had to give him the day off, and um, and you've got me instead. I apologise. He's sweating up a storm as well, I'm assuming. Uh, let's talk about Adelaide United uh, first, because uh, we're all in love with Nestor Iracunda, and uh, he's going to see the season out. But then he's... Uh, what a transfer for this young man. Bayern Munich... Uh, I think the Reds have spoken this morning. What's the reaction been locally to this uh, to this move? Well, I think real excitement, Jules. I mean, it was front page news today over here um, in the advertiser. You know, record A-League transfer fee. Now, I, you'd have to go back. Um, I don't think it would be eclipsing some of the transfers we saw for players of the likes of Mark Baduka, um, you know, obviously Harry Kuehl, others as well, that, you know, went from European club to European club and, and even, you know, other various leagues in and around Europe. But I, I think in terms of A-League, since the inception of that, it beats the record. Um, so huge for Nestoroy. Now, he's not actually allowed to go, Jules. You quite rightly point out until he's 18, which is February next year. So he's going to play out the rest of the A-League season, which look for Adelaide fans. And I think generally A-League fans, he's going to be a real treat. Now, we know he cops some attention in the match against the Melbourne victory. Probably going to have to expect to get a bit more of that, you know, because people are going to want to, you know, beat him and take him down. But I think over here, certainly, Jules, given that he plays at Adelaide, just so much excitement that, you know, it's happening and that, you know, the club's able to showcase another premier talent and that he's going to one of the biggest clubs in the world. What's it, I don't know if you know him or you've met him or you've interviewed him. You probably have. What, what sort of a young man is he? Look, he's good. He was funny today, Jules. That's as shy as I've seen him. It's as many, and you've been to thousands of press conferences. That's as many cameras as I've seen for a press conference over here this year. There would have been, you know, six or seven, um, you know, every man and his dog and, and woman as well was here, you know, with questions to ask. And he had his father there, but he had the coach next to him. And I just wonder, <laughs> there's been some tough love at times. I wonder whether or not that perhaps kept him a bit reserved. But um, I think we'll have to crank up the audio level on the microphones tonight because he, um, he, was, he was very reserved and shy. But once you sort of break through that, I mean, you see the flamboyance and the flair. And that's what people really care about is what he does on the pitch and, you know, the celebrations. I think nine A-League goals, Jules, already from almost 40 A-League appearances. And hopefully, you know, we get to see another nine or ten before the end of the season. That'd be great. But today, I think almost a bit overwhelmed with the attention. Um, You know, just the enormity of it, Jules. I guess you sort of forget he's 17. You know, he probably should be doing year 11, year 12 studies. But here he is thrust into this incredible spotlight now. Is he still at school? Yeah, I think he. I think he is still doing some school. Good northern suburbs boy. Um, don't know if he knows much German. Uh, I, I asked him that question. He's going to have to brush up, and you know, his break is the English. You know that one? Maybe. Um, <laughs> my Bund- Deutsch is nicht so good. <laughs> you know, wunderbar. Yeah, wunderbar. <laughs> so 
Yeah. That, that took me three years to learn all of that. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but it takes most people about three seconds. But he'll um he, he he'll be fine. And look, he, he he spoke about the fact that you know Jules he was born in a Tanzanian refugee camp. Camp. It, it's it's an extraordinary story. You know where they've come from. The family initially to Perth in WA, and then when he was a baby out here to South Australia. Um, just in terms of the African sort of community and what it means, it's it's huge. And, and I mean, it's great as well that Cassini Yengi, I think, spoke about Adelaide United yesterday. Yeah. We'll probably make his debut tomorrow night for the Socceroos. And we've got the Toure brothers that have come through. So, um, you know, if, if we can tap into this incredible talent um, and the African community, wow. It, you know, the sky's the limit with, I think, some of the talent coming through. It, it's really exciting for Australian football in this country. Yeah, he's doing a good job, Carl Viet, even though what happened last weekend? I mean, oh, it was a disaster. I, I mean, we, you, you get the new uh, manager slash coach spike, and that was always yep. a danger, but that was right off script, that performance. Yeah, I mean, it was incredible from Sydney. They hadn't scored in three games, and then four and a half. Um, maybe a bit about Jules, and I also suspect, great that we've got this young talent, right? You know, really good. But I guess the one drawback is with, I think, six, seven teenagers in, in a side at any one time on the pitch, you might get wild fluctuations of performance, you know, some, and, and that's not to put an excuse on it. That's, you know, they were poor, um, but perhaps you're going to get a little bit of that inconsistency with such a young squad and they are very young Adelaide, but that was, you know, that was really bad. After such a great first three weeks, they'll be only side with, you know, Melbourne victory to be undefeated. I think it was two wins and a draw both sides, um, but that was a long way off. So they've got to pick themselves up this week against Western United away from home. Yeah, it was right out of the just didn't see that one coming at all, given the way they started yeah. the season. As you mentioned, now Gather Round Tom uh, announced last week a little bit different this year, one less game at Adelaide Over. What's the reaction been locally? I, I think everyone's really happy that there's going to be games in the community again. You know, two at Mount Barker, two also uh, at Norwood, which was, you know, the, the place of an absolute ripper last year. GWS, I think at Hawthorne it was, Jules. It was, yeah. Um, absolute cracker. A shade of disappointment, I think, from a few people that we couldn't get a game up for the Barossa. Um, and look, you've been to South Australia many times and, you know, great wine region. Beautiful. But there's, um, you know, obviously the stipulation is the grounds have to meet a certain level. Now, the Premier's since spoken and, and the Mayor up there at the Barossa has said, we will have one by 2025. So um, expect to see that. But look, I think everyone's just really looking forward to it. Early April, so slightly um, ahead in the calendar, which should mean we get some really good weather. And, and I'm hoping, Jules, there'll be a lot of people that make the trip. I know so many came from, you know, Melbourne and, you know, wider Victoria last year. So come on over. Um, I, I think people over here really embraced it. And I think people that travelled really loved it. So we don't have, a, I would have loved it to have been back-to-back weeks with Live Again. So people could have said, you know what, I'll make it a 10-day or a two-week stay. Um, that's not the case. Mm. But, but nonetheless, it's, it's still really exciting. It is. Over here, I guess a couple of things stood out from a Melbourne audience was the fact that Collingwood and Hawthorne were scheduled for gather round just because of all the fan, um, the drama, I guess, around Jack Ginnivan's first game against Collingwood, even though we understand that you, you've got to have enticing games for Victorians to come over. Was there any reaction yeah. locally to that? But also the fact that St Kilda and Richmond is at Norwood? Yeah, and that one as well. You know, two pretty high-drawing teams, particularly the Tigers. Um, there was a little bit, Jules, and I guess from a South Australian perspective, I mean, I, I see the reason why commercially it makes sense to have the Crows and Port at different 
times, but goodness, I would have loved to have seen a Thursday night or a Friday night showdown. Um, I think it's sort of the perfect time to, to almost do it. But um, In Gatherand? If not in Gatherand at some point. Oh, maybe, it, should be, it should be a Friday night showdown. Absolutely. Not, not right in Gatherand. You, you want to make sure you get two packed houses in Gatherand. But yep. why we can't have a Western Derby and a showdown on Friday night, particularly the showdown now, the, the Derby's been a bit dull for a few years, but I, just, I don't understand it. Yeah, and look, Jules, maybe, you know, beating... I'm, I'm, you're preaching to the converted with me, obviously, but I just think, you know, that perhaps the argument against this commercially, it might not work, but I think you're doing a discredit to you, the Melbourne and Victorian. 100%. Teams, I, think they, I think they'd love it. Um, you know, the, the rivalry's there, it's huge, and it just always seems to, um, you know, generate, and it always seems to deliver a, a cracking contest. That said, um, back to the gather round. Look, great start. You know, really looking forward to it with the Crows and, and then Port Adelaide on the Friday night. I think it's against the Bombers, which will be fantastic. So, yeah, a little bit of surprise, though, particularly with that match you mentioned, Jules, Collingwood Hawthorne. I think it could have been a, a 80 90,000 event at the MCG. Um, but it's done now, and I guess we, we hopefully make the best of what should be a great week. Absolutely. We're speaking to Tom Wren from Channel 9 over in Adelaide. Uh, just on the upcoming draft, so the Crows currently have picks 10, 14, 20 and 89. There's a lot of murmurs going around, uh, articles going around that maybe there's going to be some sort of pick swap here with Adelaide yep. and Essendon. 14 and 20 go to Essendon in exchange for their pick nine, which gives the Crows nine and 10. Chance to happen and, and why are the Crows so desperate to get another pick in that top 10? Have they got their eye on someone in particular? Yeah, I think they... Look, I don't know if there'll be that much local talent, to be honest, that, that goes that high, Jules. So they're keeping their cards reasonably close to their chest. But I think with that number of picks, they feel like the draft... And, and I think most people are thinking it tends to thin out, you know, once you get towards the end of that first round reasonably quickly. Now, of course this young crop would probably end up making fools of us all and being one of the, you know, better mm. um, drafts that we have. But I think that's the thinking. And I think they also want to have enough points for young Tyler Welsh next year. I think he's going to be very, very good. Um, you know, that's the sort of thinking with regards to that. But yes, I think because they've got so many in and around that one spot, they feel like if they badge up a couple of picks, getting an absolute bona fide or at least, there's no guarantees, as you know, but at least trying to get yourself higher might just help in terms of doing that. So I think that's the thinking there with the Crows. Now, whether or not that comes to fruition, I think that, that could happen right at the deadline, you know, when we get to the Monday night. So I, I still think that's a big chance to happen before the draft goes ahead. You mentioned Tyler Welsh there, son of Scott Welsh, who's uh, eligible next year. Um, has he just changed SANFL clubs? I think he has. Mm. You've, um, I reckon you're spot on. But big raps, big, big raps. And look, Scott Welsh was a hell of a player. He was a well. good player. Um, yep. You know, and, and I think probably a little bit underrated. Um, but there's genuine, genuine raps on this kid that he could be very, very good. So it'd be nice for the Crows to, to get one. They've missed out on a few father-sons through various loopholes, et cetera, going all the way back to Bryce Gibbs. Um, so they are, look, they, they will get him um, and... Very, very keen on, on getting him into the system pretty quickly. Yeah, so he's leaving Woodville West Torrens to play in Adelaide's SANFL team next season. Just on that, uh, yep. do you expect next year will be the last year we see Port Adelaide Magpies and the Crows in the SANFL? I reckon if they had it their way, Jules, yes. 
Um, they need to give about 12 months' notice. They're contracted both clubs until 2028. To be honest, I think all four sides. So we've got this unusual situation where we've got Fremantle, West Coast, the Crows, Port acting outside the, the reserves, if you like, or the VFL competition. Um, and, and I think Port have certainly been more public with it. And, you know, these negotiations have been ongoing with the AFL. They're ready. And I, and I think the Crows are too. Um, I think if they could get out by 2025, Jules, they would love to. It's a very delicate, it's a powder keg almost over here because of the history of the Maggies in the Sample 36 Premiership. It's a really delicate one. No one wants to be seen to be saying, we're the ones that are, will break, uh, you know, come away from the competition. So it's, it's so delicate. It's really unusual. As you know, um, the history and then there's a lot of polarising opinion. But you know what, Jules, it's inevitable. Yep. I think if they could cut the cord, do it now. But I think the sample's tied to it because they obviously get, they're worried that if that happens and when it happens, potentially they might be viewed as a third-tier competition mm. as opposed to a second-tier. Yeah, which you can understand, but I think it does make yep. sense and it is inevitable, as you say. Hey, just one more before I let you go. Cal Toomey's written, a uh, young b- boy out of South Australia from Glenelg. Uh, Ashton Moore has been one of the most interesting draft stories of the year. Started the year as a top-five contender and won't be in that mix now, but still has the clubs watching given his talent. Carlton has been linked with it with one of their picks in the 20s. Our Dom was just wondering how much you know about this young man. Yeah, he's good. He, um, just some injuries have put him back. So Corey Norris, actually, who we touched on at the start of the interview, did a story with him. He's got some serious talent um, and some explosiveness and some really good um, you know, skills that are going to make him good. So he's one of those ones, Jules, I reckon, that you'll you probably hear when the club gets him, he's a steal. We couldn't believe, you know, he slipped down this far. So I think if Carlton um, could get him, he's one of those players, bit of a risk injury because I, I don't think he's played much in the last 12 months. But if you get him and you get him right, I think very, very dangerous. And just before I let you go, so April, very busy in South Australia. You've got Gather Round April 4 to 7, and then you've got Live Golf returning to the Grange Golf Club uh, 26 to the 28th. So just for you, uh, in April, how many cashies? Well, if I don't get one every day, I'll be pretty disappointed, <laughs> to be honest. Um, it, I, would, I would hope that the phone is starting to ring now. Um, if, if I don't have 12 messages by the time I get up. No, it's, it looks it is, it is exciting. Um, and I think they've done, look, they would love to have done. There was talk about doing the live in late February, I think, for weather. But then I think they thought with the Masters happening mid-April, I think it finishes on the 14th of April, they wanted to give it just a bit of breathing time mm. to guarantee you get the likes of Brooks Kepka, Cam Smith, you know, the very best. Um, and look, it was iconic over here. I, I think even, you know, in places like Melbourne, Jules, and other parts around the country, people recognised it was a pretty mm. specky event. So I'm hoping that it gets that kind of, Reception. I think it will. Now that it's locked in um, and people know that it's coming, I think you know it's going to start to hype up big time over the next couple of months. But there is, like I said, that bit of breathing space. But hopefully enough time for those Masters players to recover the week after. They get out here and put on an, another great event. And hopefully we get another Chase Kepka hole in one moment on the Sunday. Unbelievable. Yeah, know how to put on an event in Adelaide. And there's no doubt about that. April's going to be spectacular next year. Thomas, as always, thanks for your time. We'll chat soon. Beautiful, Jules. I look forward to you coming over. You can crash at my place. No dramas at all. Thank you very much. Free accommodation. Absolutely love it. Tom Wren, Channel 9 in Adelaide. Might just do a bit of a news update after the break. There's a lot of things going around in the world of sport that we haven't touched on so far. We're going to do upside, downside for the Demons a little bit later. Now, they're back. 
The Bataki Hams are back. So Demons fans, footy fans, get on the line when we do upside down sign for the Deems, D's for a chance to win a Bataki Ham.